gentlemen, I'm Elio. He's Ben. This is the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. It is Royal Rumble weekend. Ben, how's it going? Well, despite the fact that WWE television has done an absolutely shitty job in terms of getting me excited for the festivities, um, I actually, I actually really am um, quite uh, excited about uh, this weekend because. Uh, you know, it's just a young wrestling fan in me that always gets really pumped up for the Royal Rumble, and uh, it's always been uh, my favorite show on the pay-per-view calendar. So I'm looking forward to diving into uh, to uh, our takes on things, and um, you know, hopefully, uh, we we have done a good job in terms of. Um, you know, getting our viewers or listeners excited for things. And uh, we look forward to doing that once again tonight. And uh, I, I have to say thank you for uh, rescheduling with me because uh, this was not going to happen last night. Because when I, when I got home from going out, I just, you know, it was weird. I started to watch uh, SmackDown and I was fine. And then within 10 minutes, uh, my body just went kaput and I fell asleep at like 8.30 and I was asleep, like dead asleep till 5 a.m. this morning. So um, last you know night was not going to happen. Do you know what I do on Fridays now? What's Friday that? nights, I don't watch SmackDown when it's on because I just can't, I don't have the patience to sit through commercials. So I have a recording on my PVR and then I... I watch it after, so I was downstairs. I was watching WrestleMania 17. Yeah. Then I looked over at the clock. It said 10 at 10 p.m., so I saw SmackDown was over and done with. I went upstairs, and then um, it was like 10.26. I'm like, I can get SmackDown and the movie in, because there's a lot of time left. <laughs> but then I went and got uh, SmackDown in. And towards the end, I just fell asleep. Well, I uh, I don't blame you because the the ending of, of SmackDown in particular uh, was an absolute uh, embarrassment, which is actually why I requested <coughs> uh, to do the coverage of SmackDown myself. Okay. Um, because I think I think. You and everybody else will find my take on uh, SmackDown to be quite entertaining, given my past feud with Braun Strowman. <laughs> All right, so with that being said, we'll see if we get into this week in wrestling. Absolutely. So we'll start off with Monday Night Raw. We had Drew McIntyre coming out to the ring and uh, to talk about his match, upcoming match on tomorrow night at the Royal Rumble. He was confronted by Goldberg, who had quite a lot to say. And um, I don't know how many words he used. Actually, actually, you're, you're being very uh, friendly and facetious with your uh, description because... Uh, he used exactly five words. That's why I said he had a lot to say. <laughs> and, and, which is why I which is why I use the word facetious, because I, I really appreciated your touch of humor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and but, uh, um, what, what did Mr. Goldberg have to say? 
What were those five words? Uh, you, me, someday, you're next. So clearly, um, clearly <laughs> what? Clearly, <laughs> clearly, Mr. Goldberg was being paid by the syllable. Um, yeah, uh, let's, let's just say that Goldberg is not, um, my cup of tea in, in 2021. And the, the fact that he is getting, um, championship matches in 2021, um, it, I, I find it absolutely absurd, uh, to tell you the truth. And, um, I don't know if I have the the energy uh, this evening to go on an absolutely <laughs> epic rant because as you can uh, probably hear uh, <laughs> I'm already having an allergic reaction to having to talk about Goldberg and um, it might have something to do with the dinner I had to eat right before I came on the air I ate too much pizza in preparation for the show wow. Um, okay, side note, what kind of pizza did you get? It was uh, half cheese, half pepperoni. Uh, and the place that we get it from is really, really good. So I nice. I, I might have been, I might have indulged a little too much. No, ladies, <laughs> no, ladies and gentlemen, I, I am not afflicted with the coronavirus. Don't don't get scared by my occasional coughing. It is uh it is strictly pizza-related indigestion. Uh, and if, if this had been last night, it would have been a wrestling-induced indigestion. <laughs> okay, um, so go on. But, it, you know, it, but is it just me, or is dealing with Goldberg in 2021 in this capacity absolutely vomit-inducing? Yes. Um, and... You know, and as we were trying to record this um, previously, because this is like our third attempt of the evening, um, you know, I was I was mentioning the fact that um, you know, uh, in his in his return promo before Goldberg came out, um, uh, like last week, and um, he. Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre was saying that he was dedicating uh, his match against Goldberg uh, to everybody that had been um, to, that had been dealing with COVID. Well, then um, he better win. Well, that's what I'm saying because if he doesn't, um, WWE might have created an unintentional PR uh, bushfire. Uh, that, that they they might not be able to get around, so um, that they better have uh, Drew McIntyre win. Now, on the positive side of that, um, I don't think it makes sense from a storyline perspective to have Goldberg win because nobody wants to see that at all. Uh, number number one, number number two. And partially due to uh, factors outside of their control, because of um, because of Drew's battle with COVID, um, these two have had very limited interaction with e- with each other. We've even had a Gilbert appearance on uh, Monday Night Raw. 
You what like that, didn't you? I know, I know. You enjoyed that episode of the Dirt Sheet. No, I no, I didn't. I actually have a um, I actually have a simmering hatred for the Dirt Sheet. <laughs> Um, much as I have, much as, much as I have a distaste for the maze. Um, so no, I, uh, you know, but I'm not, I'm not prepared to completely bury Gilbert because like seven weeks ago he had a heart attack. Yeah. So the fact that he was back on the show and, uh, doing something. He's still, he's, he still looks the same. He, he's, he can still do a good Gilbert impression. Yeah, I, as as a matter of fact, on a multitude of fronts, I find him more entertaining than Goldberg. Um, because, um, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, um, you know, the, <coughs> I was a fan of Goldberg in like ninety seven, ninety eight. Um, you know, forgive me, I was young. Uh, I, I was, I was a preteen at this point in time. Um, but, uh, I'm certainly not a fan of this 2021 version. And, and then as soon as, soon as we get past, uh, Goldberg and, and Drew McIntyre, the better, because this, this promo just had me rolling my fucking eyeballs. Well, why don't we uh, move on to the f- opening match of Raw and Ben? I was so happy to see Charlotte versus Shingenbazer, but this match was restarted three times. Right, and um, once was because of a, of a referee snafu. And Shingenbazer um, made it back into the ring at the count of nine because I was watching closely. Yeah, um, I I do think that that was a referee botch. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, Shayna versus Charlotte, forty-seven seconds before they restarted it as a six-woman tag team match. Okay, well, first of all, why why is that even necessary? Because you can't tell me that. Shayna Baszler and Charlotte Flair cannot have a solid 10-minute match, and then you call it a night. Now, uh, yeah, I did some calculations, and they spent over close to 10 minutes on just this match alone. Took up the first 10 minutes of Raw. Yeah, well, the first 10 or 20 minutes, however long that uh, opening promo went. Oh, my God. Well, like I said, um, you know, I don't think that this did either woman any favors, but I was, I was confused because um, I mentioned before, you know, I'm not sure whether Charlotte Flair is a heel or a face right now. Um, you know, part of, uh, part of me really believes that she is a... Uh, um, she is a face because she's certainly disgusted with what's going on with, um, you know, her father and Alicia. So that makes three of us because it's repul- <laughs> repulsive. Um, and then, and then part of part of me also believes that she, she she's a heel just because, uh, you know, she's a flare and she's not really believable as a face anyway. Um. But 
but here, here's here's the thing that uh, that that confused me. So if if she's a heel, then why would she be uh, dissatisfied with getting the the DQ finish and then demand that it be restarted as a as a six woman tag? And you know, given given that. Um, you know, this weekend is the Rumble. Why would she want her match restarted anyway? Wouldn't she want to get out of there as soon as possible to you know conserve some energy? Um, so there, there's a lot of there's a lot of that that just didn't make sense. And then if you take the if you take the execution out of it. Um, you know, I would I would have just expected a lot more between Charlotte and Shayna, so I was I was disappointed with this um, outing on all fronts. Okay, and that, that that moves us on to the next match: Xavier Woods defeating Snapjack, which I'm sure no one cares about. I know I don't. Yeah, move, <laughs> moving right along. Then we had the VIP lounge, which, which was crashed by uh, Riddle and r Truth. Don't care. Uh, yeah, I, I don't care. What what is it? What is it? We call the the highlights and lowlights. I think that that's uh I think that that safely qualifies as a low light. Yes, definitely. And then again, we're doing this again. This is a second match that was restarted. Sheamus defeats John Morrison, but then it's turned into a handicap match. And with I, Ms. I, Morrison defeating Sheamus. And I really don't understand why they're doing this. I mean, look, I am so done giving this company excuses and outs, and you know, I'm so I'm not gonna be that that guy that hosts on the podcast that just shills everything WWE and then, you know, man, whatever. No, that that's not how I roll. If, if See oh, see what I did there? Wheelchair humor. That's not how I roll. Yeah. <laughs> but uh see, I have to find all kinds of unique ways to entertain myself while I'm watching Raw. Um but uh, you know, if if I dislike something, I'm going to tell you much as if I like something, I'm gonna wanna talk about it. But I mean look, having Having all of these matches restarted, doesn't that take away from the performers regardless? Because it just, it, it makes them look stupid at what they're trying to do. Which, which doesn't do them any services on any night, but let alone going into one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. But yeah, this is not handled properly. Then we had a Rick Flair Lacey Evans segment backstage, which I absolutely—I couldn't give uh, two. I, I just hated this one. I couldn't give two shits. Then we have AJ Styles defeating our Truth. So Truth, the chances of getting the Rumble, well, we know he's gonna find a way in there somehow. Well, I certainly hope not because I, you know, like what? Oh, no, 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 no. I just had a frightening thought that I hope we don't see is a 24 7 championship title defense. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm, I'm, I'm scared that we're going to get one on tomorrow night. Can, 
Didn't we just burn that in a dumpster fire and be done with it? Nobody gives a flying fuck about this 24-7-7-11 piece of shit championship. Nope. Nobody gives a goddamn. They were... <laughs> <laughs> Damn, it doesn't say you really feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> then we had Alexis Playground. I, this was my highlight. I, I, like, I like this one. What did we think about Alexis Playground this week? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Then we had Riddle running the gauntlet, defeating all three members of the Hurt Business to earn a U.S. championship match against Bobby Lashley. Okay, here's here's the thing, right? So this thing with, with um, Matt Riddle and the Hurt Business has been going on and on and on and on. And throughout this entire process, uh, Riddle has been made to look like a complete uh, joke, a goon, uh, a buffoon, an asshole. Uh, you know, he would rather hang out with his brochachos in the back than wrestle in the ring. I um, like that, though. Come on. The brochachos. Which... Which, given the state of Monday Night Raw, I, I don't blame him for wanting to hang out in the back with his brochachos and have some nachos and, and some weed. But then again, then again, I'm supposed to be taking uh, him seriously as a contender for the U.S. title, so that's why I kind of draw the line and have a, pro- have a problem. No, uh, that's not to say that I don't want Matt Riddle to win the U.S. title, because I, I do think in all seriousness, outside of his questionable character, that uh, Matt Riddle is one of the best performers on the brand, period. Um, so, obviously, I want him to be positioned as, as good as can possibly be because I think he could be a, uh, a WWE champion uh, in the next coming years if they stop booking him like a piece of shit. Um now, now, getting back to the thing with the Hurt Business, um, you know, this goes back to how Riddle has been booked uh, to make, like, to make him look bad. Um, and so you push him into a situation where he has to win this kind of match to qualify for a championship opportunity. Um, which I'm glad he does, but I'll tell you what, two out of those three matches were not good matches. Uh, you know, the only, the only one that was worth its weight was, uh, you know, the one with Cedric Alexander. And um, speaking of the Hurt Business, um, I will shift it back over to you because uh, this is your portion of the, of the review. So let me uh, lead you in with, with a question. Um do, do you think that um, Cedric Alexander and uh, possibly Shelton Benjamin will be getting removed from the Hurt business given how they're booking it right now? And if so, who do you have replaced them in the Hurt business? I think Shel- uh, not Shelton, but mainly uh, Cedric. Like Everything started with him. Like when he started like uh, getting all like 
get his head and started getting big after he started winning, picking up the win for the team. Right. So I think uh, I don't see them getting rid of Shelton, but I can see them getting rid of um, of uh, Cedric. Uh, who would they put in? Oh, do they really need anyone? I mean, who would you put in there? I, um, I, you want to maybe, know? Maybe, you know what? I'm so sick of Xavier Woods. Change him up. Give him a new, fresh new character. Yeah. Other than this new day stuff. So yeah. that's my answer to Xavier Woods. And if not Xavier Woods, I've encountered that with Keith Lee. Oh, that's another good one. By the way, I don't know if you read the news that broke earlier. Apparently, Mia Yim has COVID. Yeah, I saw that. So I think I think they'll both be off TV for the uh, foreseeable future. All right. So uh, after the gauntlet match, we had Edge's announcement that he is entering this year's Royal Rumble and that he is going to win. Okay. Now, obviously, I don't have an issue with Edge being on the show. You know, when I saw that he was going to be on, I was like, fantastic. He cut a fantastic promo. Apparently, apparently this was shot back in his uh, home and in the ring in which he owns. Um, but here, here's my here's my uh, que- question. Not really an issue, but more of a question. Um, why wasn't this advertised? Why wasn't what advertised? Edge's Edge's return. I mean, this was just dropped out of out of out of nowhere. Oh, um, uh, maybe they wanted to go for that surprise uh, factor thing. You know, I mean, if if that would have worked better for me, if he was going to cut the promo in the ring. But if it was just that we're going to hear from him. Uh, I would have, I would have, I would have hyped up the show and, uh, you know, put that in a promo or on social media or something because this show needs all the help it can get. So, um, what? But in, in terms of in terms of Edge uh, in in the Royal Rumble, you know, obviously, obviously he becomes an immediate contender. But I'm a little bit confused as to where they go with him now, given the um, given the storyline that Randy Orton is in with the Fiend and Alexa Bliss. Because, and on top of that, in in the promo, he was talking about regaining the championship he never lost, which which would automatically indicate to me that he would be in a championship program with. Um, with Drew McIntyre, because we know he's not going to go in there with Reigns, because Reigns can't lose. Um, so that would take us to McIntyre. And to be honest with you, I would rather see um, Edge versus McIntyre at any given point, mostly because I'm just done with The Fiend right now. Um, but I was a little bit confused because I was – I was pretty damn sure that they were gonna um, 
complete the trilogy with Orton and um, Edge at WrestleMania. Um, but I, I don't I don't see that um, being the case with how that uh, return promo was worded by Edge. So this will be um, this will be very interesting. So as we get closer to uh, WrestleMania, I think we'll have to rebook our uh, WrestleMania 37. Uh, card on a multitude of levels. Yeah, so Edge and I are bros, but uh, you're not going to win the Royal Rumble. You can still get in the championship picture somehow, but you're just yeah. not going to win the Rumble. No, no if, trust me. You're still my bro, though. Yeah, because the way that the way that I the way that I would go about it is I would have Edge win at the Elimination Chamber. Um, to. Oh. I, I would I would put Edge in the elimination chamber match. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's and, that's one way. That's one possibility. Yeah, and, and you pr- you protect him by having him come out last, hit a couple spears, you know, and you're good to go. <laughs> that brings us to our main event: Oscar versus Alexa Bliss. I like this. I really like this match. I like when uh. Oscar threw Alexa Bliss into the corner, and from and the camera fades away from her. Then, when the camera is back on her, she's the goddess Alexa Bliss. Yeah, I I find I find it very I find this whole storyline very interesting. As as I've been saying for a number of weeks, um, you know, Alexa Bliss is the most interesting aspect of this. Um, I'm not sure if I would have had this as the main event, but given the way that it ended with Randy Orton delivering an RKO to Alexa, I can understand why this was given the main event uh, segment. Um, on the other side of things, I'm not sure what this is supposed to do for Asuka because she well, this is, a- is Looking at this whole show, this was the best one best uh, spot for this match. Uh, well, and, and that argument could definitely be made given given what happened at, at the end of the show. I, I 100% agree with you. Um, but um, talking about Asuka, <coughs> I'm not... <coughs> sorry. I'm not sure where they're going with her because she's supposed to be the... Um, the women's champion, and, and on top of that, she is she's one half of uh, the women's tag team champions with Charlotte. So uh, they're not really giving her a lot of momentum going into the Rumble either. So that that could be a mistake. Okay. All right. So that is our review of Monday Night Raw. I'm going to turn it over to Ben. For his review of NXT, Ben, what do we have? So I'm just gonna go with that with the highs and lows, just to uh, move move this along with because yeah. there, there are just a couple of things I want to point out. Um, so a lot of this show was dedicated toward the um, toward the Dusty Cup. Now I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think it's a little much uh, running two Dusty Classics at the same time? 
At the, at the same time, yes. I absolutely love that they're having a women's Dusty Classic. Let, let me ask you, who watches 205 Live? I mean, Shazzy Blackheart and Ember Moon won their match on 205. You know, I didn't even know that 205 was still on. So there yeah, yeah it's still on right after SmackDown on the network. Oh, boy. Speaking and speaking of the network, that's another thing we had to discuss. <laughs> I know. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I absolutely love that the women are getting that opportunity, especially uh, in NXT, because you know NXT has the most stacked women's division, so this is like the perfect time to do a, a women's Dusty Cup. However, um. <coughs> However, I do question them running the two tournaments concurrently. Um, that yeah. seems like a little much. Um, but uh, going to the highs and the lows, um, I really enjoyed. Um, let, me, let me go. I, I'm really, I'm really enjoying MSK. I think. I think that they've come on this scene and, and added a, a different element to uh, the tag team situation. I, I really like them uh, from uh, when they were in Impact as the Rascals. I didn't like their gimmick there. They had that 70s show gimmick going, going on. Yeah. But yeah, I really like this team, MSK. <laughs> yeah, and after their debut last week, um, uh, the uh, the NXT Performance Center channel did a, um, or the, I should say the WWE Performance Center channel uh, did a really uh, cool uh, behind the scenes interview with them, kind of like introducing us to them and like just seeing how important it was to the two of them to debut in WWE, and they were showing actual emotion, and so that was really nice. Um, so hats off to them. Um, and then the other, the other highlight, I have to give it to, um, to Grizzled Young Veterans and, uh, um, she didn't be on rough. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Don't say his name. What, Kushida? Don't say his name, I said. When Johnny Gargano, when he kept telling uh, Austin to be not sitting in Kushida. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> that was so stuff. Apparently he was having uh, some some Marty McFly kind of fears, and he didn't want to take a trip into the DeLorean. And How could you like the way? Uh, I I like them as a as a as a as a group. I'm not I'm not sold on Indy Hartwell, but the rest of them I like. No, no, don't you know her new name? Oh, I indie well, wrestling. That was so stupid. Uh, 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 <laughs> no, 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 okay, that's just asinine. <laughs> yeah, that's what Johnny. Uh, I think a couple of weeks back, Johnny Gargano christened her indie wrestling. Oh God! <laughs> like, stop. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Um. Every everything about uh this match was was awesome. Um. And uh, the way that, he, that they forced Ruff to watch. No, I saw the way he, I saw. I saw how you did that. Well done. 
the way they forged rough to watch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you like that? Uh, so the way that they forced um, Leon Ross to watch uh, Kushida suffering the final beat or one final beat at the hands of Gargano. That was cool. Um, and then apparently there was one segment that I didn't really understand. Um, so they have uh, Legado del Fantasma being targeted by carrying Cross um, because they... Uh, is that who it is? Well, yeah, because if you remember the... Uh, the promo with Scarlet. No, uh, she, yeah, I, yeah, I, I remember the promo. Uh, when she was doing with that, with like the tarot cards. Right. Um, it, it was the same tarot card that was delivered to uh, to uh, oh, what's the uh, I'm, I'm blanking. Uh, Santos Escobar. Yes, yes, yes. I kept wanting to say Phantasma, but I know it was. Uh, oh, when when uh, they they when they was they found that card from the Mystery Challenger or something. Yeah. So that's who it was. Oh, okay. I well, I think so. That's the impression that I I don't know I don't why. Know. They, Can't Cross as Cruiserweight Champion though. Well, no, no, they wouldn't have him as the Cruiserweight Champion. Of course, I mean that would be stupid, but I just think as a target, you know, that'd be that'd be yeah, kind of cool because yeah. he is a felt he is a champion, and that's what um that's what um Karrion Cross is trying to do in the heavyweight division. So it's yeah. kind of cool. It's kind of cool that way. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, and then of course the. Uh, the other highlight for me was the main event tag team match um, with uh, Danny Burch and Annie Warkin versus Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, and I kind of like how uh, O'Reilly and Balor have come together, kind of like forged out of mutual respect. So uh, that match was absolutely awesome. Um, so if you haven't seen that one, I would uh, I would recommend you go back and take a look at that. Um, but uh, the the rest of it was like hit or miss. I actually, I actually like the Raquel Gonzalez and uh, Dakota Kai versus Aliyah. Just command. I like Aliyah. I yeah, I just like her. I think she's improved. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she kind of reminds me of like Carmella. Yeah. Just like kind of with her presentation, um, but yeah, I I can see why you would like her. Plus, she's a fellow Canadian. Come on. Well, yeah, and and <laughs> Elio has a crush on all the you know sexy female Canadians. Well, I mean, come on. Well, absolutely. <laughs> 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 I, uh, you know, I didn't say I didn't say you were wrong. I just gave you a nice softball lead in, man. <laughs> okay, so uh, is, is that all we got for NXT? Yeah. All right, so um, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with AEW SmackDown uh, Royal Rumble 2005. Then we're going to do our predictions for tomorrow's Rumble. 
And then we will have our own mock Royal Rumble just to close out the show for the week. Okay, cool. So stay tuned for that. All right, fans, we are back when we get into AEW this week. Ben, AEW, I really enjoyed top to bottom this week. Yeah, it was a, it was a much better showing than last week for sure. And I'm gonna give you my lowlights, my highlights. My low light for this one was the Cody Rhodes promo. Uh, yeah, <laughs> agreed. I'm just not interested in Shaq and Jade Cargill. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm not. It, it's just, <clears throat> nope. Sign me up for something else. Like, you know, Cody doesn't need this. And like, in, in my, in my opinion, I mean, I look, I understand that AEW is trying to grab, you know, uh, mainstream attention, but I don't like it when, when, you know, it's this much of a reach, you know, especially like with, with, with Shaq. Like I wasn't interested when he was trying, when he was trying to go one-on-one with the big show. And I certainly don't care about it when he's in a tag team match, apparently, with Cody Rhodes at, um, you know, Revolution. You know, and... Oh, and, is, that, is that where it's going to be at, Revolution? Yeah. yeah, so it's like they're giving Why? one of... The, they're giving one of their pay-per-view moments to Shaq, and it's just Why? like... Why? Why? Why would they have Beach Break, which is like a regular television special this week, next week? Why not put it on there? Well, well why put it on? Why put it on at television all? Television is yeah, my question. I don't want to see it at all. Like I'm just, I'm not interested. So I, you know, I don't give a shit. So, and and and, and look, the other issue too is like we haven't seen Jade Cargill in the ring at all. And 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 the only only thing that she's done is, you know, talk shit on a pregnant woman, which, you know, I just, like, I know that's part of the, of the gimmick. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that they're doing, they're doing it to be an asshole on purpose. Um, but it's just, it's, it's just not a good look and I don't care. And um, uh, so do you have any more low points? Um, I uh, no. I mean, the the rest of it was 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 perfectly fine. I I was I I would like to give my highlight though. Uh, Jungle Boy versus um versus Dax Harwood. Dax Harwood. That was that was amazing. Yeah. And that was I, very good. I, and I, I really, well, I think you're underselling it by calling it very good. That was a, that was a, that was a great match from beginning to end. Uh, yeah, and um, I was pleasantly surprised that they had Jungle Boy uh, tap out, um, tap out Dax. That was that was a very nice touch. <laughs> um. So, but but you know, just just in general, um. Uh, you know, it's a very good show. I was I was a little bit nervous when um, 
when Eddie Kingston took that choke slam over the top rope from uh, from Lance Archer, yeah, yeah, because he didn't land right. No, and um, to be honest with you, I, you know, I was a little bit concerned about having these two face off. Um, not that I have an issue with the match, but it's just both of these guys are in desperate need of of <coughs> of getting momentum and. Uh, and the fact that one of them have to lose this match um, is just it's just not good. So I'm not I'm not complaining about the two going head to head. Um, it's just that one spot had me a little nervous, and I'm not sure I would have pulled the trigger on that right now because I think I think both of these guys really need to focus on uh, on gathering momentum toward the pay per view because. It feels like both of them have fallen off slightly, so, uh, so that, that match wouldn't it wouldn't have been my area of focus, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um. And uh, yeah. So uh, I liked the Eddie Kingston Lance Archer match. Liked the Jim Moxley promo. Yeah. I enjoyed the um, like the Dax I enjoyed the Shanna versus Britt Baker match. Yeah, that was that was a, that was a nice that was a nice kind of return for the women's division, and it was it was nice for them to have a good showing on TV. So other yeah. than that, um, is there anything else? No. All right, so that is our review for AEW. We're gonna I'm gonna throw it over to Ben for SmackDown. Ben. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, thank thank you so much. I uh, I really appreciate that. Um, because I was I was begging you to um to let me review this, so I appreciate it. Um. Okay, so right off the bat, the show starts exactly the way that I felt it needed to, with uh, Daniel Bryan talking about um talking about his excitement for the Rumble. And now, hold, hold on, do you, do you really like these promos he's been doing? Well, no, I, I, I wasn't a particular fan of the promo. What I, what I was a fan of is that it, it sets up uh, it, it sets up Roman versus Brian for WrestleMania, which is exactly the match that we need because it, it, it circles back to uh, one of the most compelling stories that I can recall, which was back in uh, 2015. Oh, when yeah. everybody, when everybody wanted um, Daniel Bryan to win, but they forced um, they forced Roman down our throats, and then that kind of launched the uh, the yeah. Yes I, 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 I didn't think about that. That's right. So circle, circling back to that, I mean, yeah, look, okay. obviously, um, Obviously, I don't think Daniel Bryan wins this this match because the 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 roles are kind of reversed um, from what they were in 2015, especially since Roman has turned heel now. But it's it, it's definitely a story that I want to see wrapped up before before Bryan goes into semi retirement. So no, I, no, no, that's that's right. I didn't think about that. I can say yeah that that uh, whole thing with uh fans wanting Bryan. Yeah, I mean it, it it's just a story that tells itself. 
and um, you know, and especially with with Rain's new heel storyline, <laughs> I think it's a perfect fit. So that that's why I was such a big fan of this promo, really, really setting the groundwork okay. for that. Okay. Okay. Now I see. Okay. But as to the actual promo, um, I uh, I wasn't really impressed because he was tripping over his words a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was not uh, this was not his his strongest promo talking about Brian. And then of course we get Styles and Elmos interrupting him. Omos. Uh, I still can't figure out is it Omos or Omos? At first at first uh, they were calling Omos, now it's Omos. Yeah, well they still spell it with an O, so as far as I'm concerned, it's Omos. Shut the fuck up. Um you know, <laughs> I uh <laughs> You know, like I know how to spell and I know how to pronounce things. So shut the fuck up. I know. It's why I'm like, well, which is it? Because I'm calling him almost. It's kind. It's kind of like um, Ali pronouncing his name is Mustafa. It's like, no, it's Mustafa. Like, okay, knock it the fuck off. No one's (laughs) going. Like I, look. I mean, no disrespect. It might have something to do with his. Uh, with his background, I don't know, but like it, just the pronunciation and them pushing it as Mustafa uh, just makes no sense to me, because it's always been Mustafa. Okay. And um, unless you're a simpleton, I mean, that's how you pronounce these things. You know, am I am I missing something there? Uh, yeah, I I don't know. But I don't really care about people's names. I care about how they're presented in the ring. So it, it, it's just, you know, like I don't need that to be the focus. So, yeah. But uh, anyway, um, you know, but getting so this is what pissed me off about this whole entire show because, you know, I, I dig I dig the promo to, to start it out because it, it, got, it gets WrestleMania season up off to exactly where we need to go. And then and then it sets up, you know, Brian versus Styles for later in the evening, which I'm th- which I'm thinking is gonna be awesome. Uh that turned into an absolute clusterfuck worthy of the ice capades. Um which which I'll get into in uh in rant number number one of the show. And I'm, I'm surprised I haven't really had to go on any rants to this point in the show. Um, but uh, the first the first match of the evening was uh, Belair versus Bailey. I love this match. And um, I, I wasn't really a fan of the match. It was a little slow for me, but I, I, I like what they're doing to set uh, Belair up as a favorite to uh, to win the uh, Women's Rumble. And if I had my way, Bel Air would definitely uh, get the win on uh, on Sunday in the Women's Rumble because they were they were really pushing the fact that she eliminated eight people uh, in her Rumble debut last year, which was a piece of history that I, I really appreciated that bringing up. You know, because... Uh, 
because I always get on um, WWE for pretending things don't happen and treating their fans like just simpletons. So when then when they circle back to something like that, I really appreciate it. Um, so, so I'm not I'm not really sure if I I agree with them calling this match the biggest win of her career. I think if she wins a rumble match, then that becomes the, the biggest one of their career of her career, and then that means that we would have heard it twice in two days. So it's like you know just. Just hold off on calling it that until she until she wins the rumble. So, which is which is the situation that I would have. Um, and then uh, a, a low point right off right off the bat here in um, match number two. Yeah, uh, Dominic Mysterio versus King Corbin. Oh. I I. I truly don't give a single shit. Uh, and that's mostly because of King Corbin. I really don't care. Um, I, uh, an absolute highlight of the show was um, the Owens and Reigns uh, back and forth video interview uh, via satellite. Um, I, uh, I really appreciated that one because if you um if you remember owen's promo from last week that i talked about when he's in the car and he's talking about you know his tattoos having a lot to do with his grandfather and he showed the initials on his hand and stuff like that and has said that's why he keeps fighting reigns mm-hmm. um you know and then throughout this promo um, Roman is uh, Roman was asking um, Owens about his family history. You know, was your dad a smart man? Was your grandfather a smart man? Because because we, you acting like this, they all look like fools for for not raising you to be intelligent. And then of course, um, of course, Owens is getting increasingly pissed off. And he, he called Roman a community theater version of a mafia boss. I thought that was a really good line. Um, and he's, he says that he sees himself clearly and everybody in his family is proud of him. And the only difference is after um, Sunday, he'll be the champion as well. You can see Roman getting impa- impatient. And he cut, and he like turns off uh, his own screen with with a remote, so he doesn't have to listen to Owen's ramble anymore. Um, so that was that was a great promo, and I am I am really excited for for that match because both of these guys have done some great work, and um, you know, I think it, I think it's very obvious that Reigns is going to get the victory. Because you know he just can't lose right now. But having said that, given the quality of Owen's work, if if you don't if if the people in the back don't see him as a top guy after all the work that he's done with with this um, with this storyline, I don't know what they're looking for because. Even before Owens got into the storyline, I've always thought he should be pushed as a top guy, no question about it. Um, 
you know, because I, I was a fan of, uh, you know, him when he was in ROH and all that stuff. And like, he, he was great. Like if you, if you remember him, you know, in, in scum and ROH and going, eventually turning on all those guys and going against everybody, you know, that was awesome. And this is just a kind of like a face version of that. And it was just awesome. And, um, and then we get to, uh, to, to where I have to, I have to get upset because, um, the AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan match is something that I was really looking, looking forward to. It could have been good. But the ending just absolutely fucking killed it because it got so convoluted and stupid because what should have been a great singles match to sell the rumble, uh, turned into a a regular tag team match and then it turned into a six man tag match. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, it was it was the singles match that turned into a six man tag match because because for some re- for some reason Sheamus comes out from the back even though he's on Raw. You know, and, and and speaking of that, AJ Styles is also on Raw, and so all of a sudden, once so again, is right? So and then all of a sudden, they're pushing this brand to brand Invitational now because it's it's the show before the Rumble, and we haven't heard jack shit about it through the entire Royal Rumble season. Get rid of it; it's fucking irrelevant, and it makes everybody else look stupid, especially the people watching it. No, I'm not, I'm not, unless you're, Damn. I'm, unless you're a hardcore fan like you, pretty, um, like you and me who have to watch this for their podcast purposes, I can guarantee you the casual fan doesn't know or doesn't give a jack fuck about, you know, the, um, <laughs> about the brand of brand invitational. I mean, it's like they pick it up. And they drop it in the closet like an old winter coat, and then forget about it until it gets cold again. And then they're like, "Oh shit, we have this rule." I'm screwed right now. <laughs> you know. Are you okay? So, 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 and then, and then, and then the bullshit doesn't end there because first it was a singles match, then it was a six-man tag. And then it's a 5-1-4 fucking handicap match between Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, Big E, and Otis versus AJ Styles, Cesaro, Sami Zayn, Miz, and Morrison. Why the fuck is this going on? Somebody needs to explain to me how the fuck my evening has de- degenerated into this level of bullshit. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to get into Ben's favorite part of the evening right now. What happened at the end? And then, to top it all off. Oh, I know. Okay, and I was, I was having a very good, a very good day. You know, I, 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 I slept well. I, I felt better from last night because I was a little under the weather last night, but I, I felt better and I was all excited. 
to, to come on the air tonight and do this show, you know, the pre-Rumble show, my favorite pay-per-view of the year. I get to hang out with one of my best friends and talk shit on professional wrestling. I was having a, I was having a damn good fucking day. <laughs> but then, you know, so I'm catching up on SmackDown because I, I fell asleep at 8.28 last night because I just, I was so tired and I couldn't really keep my eyes open anymore. So I'm like, mm, I'll just catch this tomorrow and do the show and it'll, it'll, it'll be wonderful. No, it was not. <laughs> it was not fucking wonderful because to cap it all off, we, not only did we have a singles match that I was looking forward to get fucked up, we had we have a classic Teddy Long Teddy Long uh, continuation going into a commercial, which turns it into a six man tag, which. You know I hate multi-man tag matches when they don't have a fucking purpose. And then on top of that, you bring shit, another raw guy out here for for no reason other than the fact that it's the go home show to the rumble, and you need to sell the fact that it's it's the Royal Rumble, which means chaos, as if as if nobody watching this motherfucking clusterfuck has ever seen a Royal Rumble, so you have to sell us on the fact that it's chaos, even though we've been watching the show for 29 fucking years, in my case, and what is it, 35 or 40 on your case, you know, it's like we've seen this before, like we don't need, we, and then, and then on top of everything else, Braun fucking Strowman, Comes strolling down the ringside, this 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 completely irrelevant person. And you can tell Ben's blood was boiling at this point. Oh my god! I, you know, <laughs> I, you know, and seriously, I, I before SmackDown, I didn't go online, so I had no idea that this was going on because I fell asleep. So. I had no idea that the end of SmackDown would turn into such a clusterfuck. You know, and it's just... You, you notice they did the same thing on SmackDown that they did on Raw? Well, of course they did. Uh, well, why not? Because this show is so fucking cr- creatively brain dead. You know, it's just like, bro. And then, and then, what really, what really burned the bridge, the bridges off my ass? Oh, what? Was was the fact that now Corey Graves is trying to sell Braun Strowman as the new favorite to win the Royal Rumble? No, get out of here. Uh, yeah, because he's the Strowman Express. Shut up. The, the, only, the only thing that I'm on the express lane to is the path to my remote so I can change the fucking channel as this is going on. <laughs> you know, what the fuck is, you know. It... Okay, let me, let me explain Braun Strowman to you people. Uh-oh. This is his entire fucking career, and and by by the way, as as a as a as a sidebar, ladies and gentlemen, if if you want to hear a, a rant on um, on Braun Strowman, uh, go 
go look in the descriptions of some of our later episodes from 75 on up. And then there's one of them where I go on an absolute rant regarding uh, Braun Strowman's comments at the, at the um, onset of this pandemic here. I rip him a new asshole. Um, so that's partially why I hate him. But it's just, you know, when you're, when you're trying to sell me on the fact that Braun Strowman is a threat to win the Rumble... Um, because Newsflash, he's a big guy, uh, you know, I get a little upset. And, and let's, let's play a game, and let's go on a trip on the DeLorean through Braun Strowman's career. Let's really analyze that. Okay? Just for shits and giggles. Just for grins, because I can't contain myself. Okay. So you you have you have Braun Strowman come in as the black sheep of um the Wyatt family. Mm-hmm. You didn't you didn't really need him in the first place because you had um you had Bray Wyatt, you had you had uh Eric Rowan and you had you know Luke Harper, rest in peace. Um and um you know, so he was he was the irrelevant stepbrother that kind of rounded out the thing. He was there for a cup of coffee, whatever. And then and then you you have him in this monster heel role and nobody nobody, nobody gives a fuck. You eventually you eventually have um, Big Show try to put him over in, in his uh, in his final match on the main uh, main roster prior to uh, going head-to-head with Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania 36, talking about the big show. And then uh, as something's going on with our audio settings, I don't, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Yep. Uh, okay, very good. So th- this is, uh, you know, this whole thing is just really stupid to me. And, and then, like, you know, have you noticed a pattern throughout Braun Strowman's career where they'll, they'll build him up to where they, they want us to take him seriously as a title contender, and then they put him in the match, and then he always loses. And then when he wins, he loses it very shortly thereafter. Like, you know... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I would love to talk to an individual who actually thinks that Braun Strowman is worth the amount of time that they push him. You know, and and look, I'm not going to be an asshole all the way through this. I'll give him credit. That guy looks like a million bucks, uh, you know, in comparison to how he's looking in the past. Um, So, I, you know, Good on good on you, buddy, and and you know I'm never gonna I'm never going to uh, begrieve somebody for working their ass off and trying to make a living. That's not what I'm doing. My my issue with you comes from the comments that you made regarding independent wrestlers in the middle of a pandemic, and you got pissed off because they're trying to sell T-shirts in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Fuck you. 
That that's my that's my issue with Braun Strowman, uh, and, and a couple other things, quite frankly. But it's just so he comes in, and then three minutes later, I'm supposed to take him seriously as a potential winner of the Royal Rumble. Give me a goddamn break! Break break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bullshit, and let me move <laughs> on. What the hell? <laughs> Yeah. Let, me, let me move on with my fucking day and get Braun Strowman off my television screen. Um. So you know that that's that rant for the for the evening. So uh, with that in mind, let's. Uh, do you want to do you want to do the 2005 Rumble first, or do you want to preview uh, the? weekend first. I know, let's do let's get the time warp out of the way and then we can move on to this weekend. Okay. Unless which one would you rather do? We can do 2005 and then hit 2021. Alright. Okay. So we are going back to Sunday, January 30th 2005 the St. Bart Center in Fresno, California. We had Jerry Lawler, Jim Ross, Michael Cole, and Taz on commentary. And this was the WWF Royal Rumble. Ben, did you watch this one? Yes, I did. And what did you think? I thought this was really, really, really good. There was only like one bummer of a match on the entire card, which I didn't like. Um, and that was actually the casket match with the Undertaker, but that was largely because of uh, because of Heidenreich. I, I've ne- I've never really been a fan of Heidenreich. Yeah, and he- I, yeah, you know, I, I, well, I don't even remember how that feud came about. Or was that just a, a, a random match? Well, I don't know. I don't remember how the feud came about, but let me, let me tell you something. I. Uh, I had seen the the promo that he cut with uh, Snitsky before the um, before the the match. Yep. And uh, you know they're breathing heavy all over each other, and they're like, "I like you, I like you oh, too." I, I, I remember that. I remember that promo. That was that was weird. Oh. Well, it, well, it wasn't nearly as as weird as as um, him trying to do something very. Invasive yep. to Michael Cole. Yeah, yep, that that one as well. Yes, but but the but the, thing, the whole thing was, um, Heidenreich was saying, "I hate caskets." Blah blah blah. He has a phobia of caskets, so he's not afraid of taking on the legend that is the Undertaker, the un the undead phenom known as the Undertaker. No, he's just afraid of caskets. Okay, give me. I mean, I I get it. I I wouldn't be alive. I wouldn't want to be alive in a casket either. But you know, my but my God, let's you know, let's really compare what you should be afraid of when you're going in, into a match with the Undertaker. I think the Undertaker. I think the Undertaker should be on the forefront of your mind. You know, regardless. So so that that match that match was a was a disappointment. But the the rest of it was absolutely fantastic. All right, so let's get into this. Uh, the opening match, we had Edge defeating Shawn Michaels. They gave this one 18 minutes and 32 seconds. What, what a fucking match. That was a barn burner to start the match off, or to start the night off. 
And uh, you know, th- and you can go, you can really argue that maybe that was the match that really catapulted Edge, because it, because it was clear that they were trying to push him. But now, granted, he did have to pull off some heelish things, but but um, to get the victory, man. But he he was really pulling off some offense against uh, HBK, and this was a this was a fantastic match. And the second one was, of course, the Cascade match. Undertaker defeating Heidenreich. He gave this 13 minutes, 20 seconds. A little too long uh, for me. A little bit. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, well, a lot, 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 very long. Because <laughs> Heidenreich is not a good worker at all. No, I don't think so at all. That brings us to a three-way match for the WWE Championship, JBL. That going in as a champion defeating the big show and Kurt Angle, they gave this 12 minutes, four seconds. And the fact the fact that Heidenreich was involved in a longer match is a fucking joke. I because like look, this was um th- this was a really good match like I especially like the the interplay between um JBL and uh Kurt Angle. I mean th- those two can I could watch I could watch Kurt Angle wrestle on the any day of the week and, and you know Bradshaw was always one of my favorite ass kickers. Um so that one was good and then um big big show really had um you know, an interesting spot where uh, Kurt Angle smashed him over the head with some um, with a monitor as uh, as um, he was trying to uh, like choke slam uh, JBL through a table, and he he was going to to set it up talking about the Big Show, and um. You know, for for long term viewers like you and I, when when someone is is setting up a big spot, you pretty much know that the person setting it all up is the one that's going to take the bump. Um. So so it was like, hey, well, how are they going to do this? You know, because he he's rearranging the steps and he's he's got kind of he's got an, got angle by the throat. And they're go- they're they're going up the steps, you know. So it's like, oh, this isn't gonna end well. So angle, so angle hits him in the head with a with with the TV monitor. You know, this big five hundred pound motherfucker is you know is wobbling like this before we have the timber moment going through the table. And which pretty much, which pretty much took the big show out of the equation. No shit. I swear, I, I don't know who would want to work at an announce table in WWE. My God, they should get hazard pay for that shit. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, this this match was was very entertaining. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think that I think that this was uh. This was one of Kurt Angle's best runs in the WWE, and you know it could be argued that that Kurt Angle had a better career in uh, TNA than he did in WWE, and that's saying something. Um, especially when you factor in that uh, Kurt Angle was really having some personal 
uh, demons in TNA and still be able to perform at that level. I mean, holy shit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, because those demons got him cut from uh, WWE. And you, you know, Kurt, and you know Vince hated doing that because Vince always loved Kurt. Um, but but yeah, getting back to getting back to this match, this was a very very good triple threat match. Usually, usually for me, triple threat matches can either be like very very good or very very bad. To me, there's really not like an in between. Um, they're very like I said, home run or like you know strikeout kind of deals. And, and and to me this was this was very entertaining. So okay, credit to them. And then uh, we move on to WWE World Heavyweight Championship Triple H going in as a champion, defeating Randy Orton in twenty one minutes and twenty eight seconds. Match of the night, right here. Oh my God, what a how talented was Randy Orton at twenty four years old? My God. I mean, you know, I'm I'm just glad that he didn't let his, you know, cockiness ruin his career because he came pretty close. But if if you if you take all that out of the equation and just look at this man in, in the ring back then, you can entirely understand why he's had the career that he's had because to 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 make me believe that he had a chance against Triple H when Triple H was arguably in the middle of the most dominant run in his career, and to to make me to make an old wrestling fan like me who who knew the outcome of this match, you know, because I, I I've seen this this pay per view a few times, but to still have me as as emotionally invested as I was watching it on replay on the network again. You know, I mean, wow, that, that you know that guy, that guy has it all. Um, and uh, so I'm I'm really glad after watching a match like that that um, that uh, Randy Orton ha has had the kind of career that he's had because now with nowadays you can uh, you know get on Randy because he's he's slower and he works a much more a methodical match and you know all that, but. But make no mistake, Randy Orton is is the prototype for what a pro wrestler should be, and uh, you know, and and with the work that he's done at, at this at this stage in his career now, and the fact that he's he's still involved in like major major storylines, you know, uh, sixteen years later, really uh, really goes to show you that uh, you know that this this guy was special when he's been on TV since he was 20 years old. I mean, good God. Um, All right, that leads us to our main event, the Royal Rumble match lasting 51 minutes and 27 seconds, and Batista winning this match to move on to WrestleMania 21. Actually, the, the final, I was considering who the final four were, I was very disappointed with this because, because just for just for time's sake, we're just gonna skip to the final four because I don't you know I don't want to go through an, an entire fifty-five minute thing. We could be here for two hours. <laughs> um, 
So the final four were Mysterio, Edge, Cena, and um, Batista. And I'm thinking, oh my god, this this is fucking money. Mm-hmm. You know, two two thousand four. These these were the. I mean, these. Or, I'm sorry, two thousand five. These people were the were the motherfucking backbone of the blue brand. Um. So I was very excited, and, and you know, but, but Mysterio and Edge got eliminated pretty quickly to set up the uh, the final spot between uh, between Batista uh, and Cena, right? So, so we get to the, we get to the spot where you know they both go out of the ring at the same time. Um, you know, Cena had been trying to uh, to deliver the fu to to Batista for a while, couldn't pull couldn't pull it off. They eventually both go over the top rope, and eventually the uh, the replays. Numerous replays really, really legitimately showed that their feet hit the floor at the same time. I mean, that was that was like literally a photo finish. Usually, usually, you know, people really have to sell the fact, or the announcers really have to sell the fact that we don't know who won this thing. Because typically on replays, you can see pretty clearly, you know, whose feet would have hit first, or what, or what the pinfall was, or where the shoulders were. Yep. But in this situation, you can pretty much see that it was a photo finish in terms of defeat. Um, so out comes, out comes Vince McMahon doing his power walk, and apparently his power walk was a little too powerful. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because you know, say what you want about Vince McMahon, but this guy. Had to be like the toughest motherfucker on the planet on this evening because, yeah, he yeah he was sitting in the ring kind of weird, you know, only to find out that he had tore his quads trying to get trying to get through the ropes and get in, get in the ring. Um, but 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 can you but take yourself out of professional wrestling? Playing character for a minute. Can you imagine the, the pain that this dude must have been in with torn quads and he has to sell like he's angry and pissed off and, you know, without betraying the fact that he was in tremendous pain at the time. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I mean, good, good God. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I could have done what he, what he did you know, if, if I had tore both my quads, I think I would have been crying like a little bitch. And, and to be clear, I would have been crying like a little bitch, and I wouldn't have bl- blamed myself or anybody else for doing that in hit that position. So, hats off to Vincent, man. Say what you want, but that dude is a motherfucking freak. And I'm, I mean that as a compliment. Um because seventy-five years old to be in the to be in the shape that he's in and the and the work ethic that he has, I mean, say what you want about his creative, but as a businessman, you, you can't argue with him because you know he's just that guy. And I I have a lot of I have a lot of respect for for Vince, and you know I, I I've had issues in in the last couple of years with 
creative and whole Saudi situation, which I which I will always think is a shit show. Um, so I'm taking nothing away from my past criticisms, but just uh, you know, man to man, I was I was he when I saw that again, I was like, oh my god, I I don't know if I could have pulled that off myself. So hats off to you there. So then we we get to the um, we finally get the, the match restarted. And eventually, eventually Batista gets the win, and Cena manages not to tear it, not to tear, a, not to tear out, out his leg like he did last, like he did in two thousand four. Because when Big Show's throwing out, his leg went out at that at that angle. It was like you could, to me, that was like a, to me that was like the heart, the hardcore Holly angle where. Uh, or I shouldn't say the angle, but the injury where um, Kurt Angle came off the top and his knee went directly into his arm. Uh, you, do you remember that one? Yeah. Um, well, to me, the the Cena situation was was like back grotesque because if you see a person of any limb going in that direction, you're like, fuck that, I, that ugh. Friends City USA. Um, usually we visit Rand City USA on this podcast, but every time I see that that replay, it's like Friends City. Oh my god! Um, much much like the the build to the Royal Rumble this year has been, it's Friends City USA, baby. But um, but yeah, everything about everything about this this night was entertaining, and I don't know. Um, and I even have to give credit to some of the uh, promo work backstage, you know, because throughout the evening they're having people draw their numbers and, and from the tumbler and everything. And then they had this really cool um, backstage interaction between Ric Flair and Eddie Guerrero. Where Eddie Guerrero is, is oh, pretending, right? Yeah, I remember that. Is pretending to congratulate Rick on his on drawing a, a really good number, and, and meanwhile he steals it, and and then uh, Teddy Long has to go back and get it from from uh, Eddie while Rick and the rest of Evolution are all pissed off, and then on on another segment you have. Um, Batista and Triple H getting into it because Triple H wants to discuss strategy and Batista wants to go get his number, and then you, you see the you see the foundation laid and the, and the cracks start to form for their eventual WrestleMania 21 match, uh, which was awesome, you know. So so there was a lot to like about the 20 about the 2005 Rumble. All right, so that is our review of Royal Rumble 2005. Next week, Ben, now I know um, we, I know this is not on taking place on February the, I believe, 6th, but this, we will be back with our review of the, the Tomorrow Night's Royal Rumble, which is on February 2nd, but we will be reviewing the February 5th, 1988 edition of the main event. Yeah, with uh, with Hogan and Andre, which which is always a classic. 
So I'm, I personally have not seen that, so I'm, I'm very excited. Oh, oh, the Hogan on rematch. I tell you, okay. My no one here likes wrestling. You already know that. But that oh, night, that in night your, in, in your family, you mean? Yeah, but that night, my parents, myself, and my brothers, we're all watching the main event: Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. And when Hogan oh. lost, I was like, okay, what? Like, we were just sitting there silent, waiting to see what would happen next. So, just watch and see what happens. Uh, very cool. I like it. By the way, it's not, that's not a spoiler because it already ha- it happened like over 30 years ago. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know if I was. No, I wasn't even born yet because I was born no, in No, that was, that was a district place in February. Yeah, so it was before I was even born. So. All right, so Ben, what do you think we get into uh, tomorrow night's predictions? Absolutely, man. All right, so um, we'll start top to bottom. Actually, they're not in any order here. So I don't think okay. it really matters. All right, so First up, we have Oscar and Charlotte versus Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. Who do you have? Um, I'm 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 taking Oscar and Charlotte. Sorry, Oscar and Charlotte. Okay, yeah, I'm going with Oscar and Charlotte as well. Okay, next we have Sasha Banks versus Carmella. Sasha Banks. <laughs> Going with Sasha Banks on that one. Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg. Uh, Drew McIntyre better win. Uh, yeah, yeah, we covered we covered that earlier in the show. Um, okay. Yeah, Drew McIntyre for sure. Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. Roman Reigns, of course. Okay, now this is who's gonna win the thirty women Royal Rumble? Who do you have? Well, so I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking about three people um, in particular. Okay. Um, and, and tell me what tell me what you think. So my personal pick would be Bianca Belair, and then I think uh, I think Sasha Banks could could potentially win it. Sasha Banks. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, she's in it. That's right, yeah, okay. Because, because... Um, well, wait, she's a champion, though. Yeah, but, yeah, I I understand that, but that doesn't mean that she couldn't come in. And I mean, we've seen that plenty of times. Okay. I, and I think, if, I think if you finish up the, sale, the Sasha and Bailey... Uh, saga at um, at WrestleMania, I think that'd be awesome. And then a potential sleeper pick would be uh, would be um, Rhea Ripley. Oh, okay. Because you know we we know that she has been elevated to the main roster after losing that last woman standing match a few weeks ago against uh, against um, Raquel Gonzalez. Yes, Rick. I was trying. I was blanking on her first name. I was like, I kept wanting to call it Reina because that's what she used to be known as. Yeah. 
Um, but um, yeah, I'm kind of stuck between those three. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm going with Bailey to win the Royal Rumble and we'll go on to WrestleMania against Sasha Banks. Okay, yeah, and, and so like I said, my personal pick would be uh, Bianca Belair. All right, and for the men's Royal Rumble, uh, who who do you have? I have CM Punk. Oh, you're full of shit. <laughs> Stop it! What? Stop! Don't 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 be a fucking goon. What? Don't be a fucking goon, please. <laughs> it's not gonna be CM Punk. No, 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 no I'm with AJ Styles. Oh, interesting. I'm I'm gonna go or I'm CM gonna... Punk. Oh fuck off! <laughs> Go on. I, I'm I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Daniel Bryan. Oh okay. All right. For, for, okay. For the for the reasons that I uh, yep that I mentioned earlier. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh here, so, here we go. Let's see. And actually, I you're gonna I'm gonna the first number actually is gonna go to you to see, and and tomorrow night whoever has the number that you have, that's your wrestler for the night. Okay, I like that. So let's uh, see. Um, we'll go we'll go with you first. So you have number five. Oh God. Oh. So whoever comes up in the number five spot tomorrow night in both the men and women's rumble is your uh, is your wrestler for that match. Oh God, I don't like my chances. Okay, my number nineteen. Well, at least at least you have a better shot than I do. You stupid fuck. So okay, what do you think? What, what surprises do you think we're gonna see tomorrow night? Well, I see that that's very interesting because I don't know I don't know how they're gonna handle the coronavirus testing or how they can do. I'm surprised entrance. I don't know. You know what I really you know what I really, I really hate when they give out spots for the rumble because the whole point of the rumble is like the surprise uh, that like who's gonna come out next. Right, right, and so like. It goes back to what it goes back to what we were saying last week. If you're gonna if you're gonna have Royal Rumble entrance spots on the line, and you have to have matches that determine that, or at the very least, you have to bring back the tumbler. Because Ben, we have breaking news. Is What's why that? I bring that up. We have breaking news. Randy Orton and Edge are gonna start out as number one and number two in the Rumble. Is is that for real? Yes, I just got the notifications. Oh God, that, that that's interesting. I swear, I see. That's why. That's why I was saying I hate when numbers are hand just handed out to guys. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad we I'm glad you got that notification while we were still on the air. All right, so um, that is our show. Ben, we see we call we uh, close up the show for the week. Even though we didn't finish our Mark Rumble, that's okay. We would have been here even longer. 
This is the moment you've waited for You've been searching in the dark Sweat soaking through the floor And buried in your bones There's an ache that you can't ignore Taking your breath Stealing your mind And all that was real is left behind Don't fight it, it's coming for you Running at you It's only this moment Don't care what comes after Your fever dream Can't you see getting closer Just surrender Cause you feel the feeling taking over 